0: Who am I if I'm not shame? Who am I if I'm not my past experiences? Who am I if I'm not that victim's story? And so it definitely takes a level of awareness to question that, but it also takes a whole nother level of courage to say, oh shit, that did happen. And I don't want that to be my full identity.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Lo and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. I feel like a deep breath is needed for this moment, my love. (laughs) You teach me to breathe, Mohini. (laughs) I am so moved already by this conversation that you are all about to listen to with definitely one of the most magical, enchanting humans (laughs) I'll know in this life. And I would really like everybody to drop in because this is going to be a very deep, thoughtful conversation around something that is challenging to talk about. And I just I give that disclaimer up front. But please welcome my darling Mohini Gima to the House of Low. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mohini is a lot of different things, just like your girl Low, We're very multifaceted. And I have had the honor of witnessing her and her work. She primarily right now is doing a lot of virtual containers, coaching containers, guiding people, healing people, teaching people, and facilitating around, you know, deep embodiment work as well as healing, transformation she's a big big believer in abundance consciousness and weaves that into everything she does as well and she also works you know a lot and creates containers in and around the san diego community where i primarily live so mohini and i met very synchronistically through a few different mutual friends of ours that I'm so blessed that we met that way. And it's been such a blessing to have you in my life, Mohini. I just have to say, you've been such a huge support of me, my own personal journey, House of Low. You've come to every single physical event I did in San Diego. And I know your presence at my events expanded so all of us. So I just have to say that and how much I truly appreciate the magical human that you are. So I just want to say that up front.
0: Thank you. Wow. What <laughs> an intro. <laughs> Thank you. I received that. And we're also mirrors, we're reflections. So we vibrate at the frequency to which we connected. So I'm excited to see us continue to grow and flourish and Go beyond even our wildest dreams.
1: That's right, babe. Mm. Sitting in that right now. Ray's mm-hmm. <laughs> Tea is on releasing shame and embodying who you really are. Today is going to be digging deep into the, the very real life that people live when it comes to moving from shame that often comes from very traumatizing experiences in our lives. We go through often in childhood, but shame is an ongoing mountain. All of us are climbing these days and it does feel like mother earth is holding up a very big mirror for all of us to face our pain, move through our shame and become embodied to a level where nobody can shake us or break us anymore. You know, And I'm just very excited because there are very few people I would talk about this with. And because you've worked with so many women, but I know people in general on releasing shame from their physical body. I'm so excited to hear about what you've learned in those groups that you've created, because I know you've helped so many people heal. So... I'm excited to get into that. But before we do, I would love to have you introduce yourself a little bit and tell everyone anything you feel called to share and also what you're doing these days, like what you're focused on in your creative gifts and also the containers you're creating these days.
0: Mm, Great. Okay. Thank you. I'm just stoked. I'm excited for this conversation. It's going to be deep. Like you said, honestly, Lo, we both know we don't know how to, Surface level shallow conversations or connections, so it's gonna have depth to it, and we're gonna ebb and flow. and I hope you're all ready for the <laughs> and flows of this conversation. So, to introduce myself, so definitely a multi dimensional human being, and for a long ass time, I didn't realize that I very much compartmentalized who I was, yeah, and I thought I had to be one way with this group of friends, another way with these group of people, another way with these group of people. And a big part of my journey has really been integrating all of me and really allowing myself to be seen no matter who is in the room, rather than I need to be this quiet, nerdy person with my book club friends, that I need to be the party girl with my college friends, that I need to be this way with my church friends. And that was a big part of my journey is really understanding, wow, I'm not showing myself fully. And so a big part of my journey has really been unraveling those layers and allowing myself to be seen, really allowing myself to be seen ultimately, no matter who's in the room, and then feeling confident enough in myself to feel I can be myself no matter who's present and releasing the shame of, oh, I I can't be this way in front of these people, or I can only be this way in front of other people. Yeah. So journey wise, I worked as a speech pathologist for almost 12 years. So communication, whether that be verbal, nonverbal language, emotions, nervous system regulation, all of that was My jam (laughs) for 12 years. I worked in schools. I also worked with adults in hospital settings and clinical settings. I did in-home. I did a lot of different settings. And looking back, I also see how much I also was working with a lot of the adults to connect with the children. Yeah. And really be present with these kids. Because I personally believe that children are just so present they feel their feelings. You know, when a kid is upset, (laughs) you know, whether it's for five minutes or five hours, they are going to express themselves in the most real authentic way. As adults, we just, we tend to not do that. And so that's a little bit more like my accomplishments, but I feel what I'm most proud of, aside from all of that, is reclaiming myself and deepening into who the fuck I am when I was told, and I honestly believed who I was supposed to be for most of my life. So I'm most proud of me figuring out and continuing to figure out who the fuck I am.
1: Yeah. You're leading by example Mm -hmm. in that versus building a business and then having to do all the inner work. I think a lot of coaches, I see through a lot of the work in the coaching industry. I don't see them embodying and living that in their day-to-day life. I can intuitively feel they're not. I can intuitively feel that they're more focused on scaling than healing. Mm. And you and I are similar. And there's a small group of us in San Diego that have bonded over this where it's like, how am I living in my, my life? Because I can't do this work with deep integrity if I'm broken inside. And I just really want to celebrate you for how you continue to not only do the work but share your, as we talked about yesterday, our death and rebirth cycles. You know?
0: <laughs> Often. <Yeah. laughs> Often. I feel like we tend to believe society shows us, our families sometimes show us, media, culture, religion, like we have so much that is put onto us that makes us disconnected from ourselves and when we really allow ourselves the space to look within and do that internal healing work there's no way i could go back i can't not look within at this point no sometimes i freaking wish that i could because it sometimes feels easier when i was just numb and not even aware of myself because i was just moving along in pure survival mode Sometimes I do go through those phases of, oh, damn, I signed up for this. <laughs> yeah. It was easier when I just didn't have that awareness. But I also know that's a temporary blip in time where, in the grand scheme of things, I signed up for this. My soul signed up for this assignment, and I can't not be a part of this. Like, I'm here to do so much more than work at a nine to five job and be in an office. And that was cool. Like I really did enjoy that during that phase of my life. It was really rewarding. And I just got to a point where it's bigger. Like there's more, I have to really allow myself to step into who I am truthfully, truly, who am I? And I'm still figuring that out to some degree. Cause I, you know, I feel like that's, like you said, death and rebirth. There's a constant cycle that we move through.
1: Mm, so well put, my love. Thank you. Thank you for giving a little bit of that background on you. That's just a tip of the iceberg, everybody. But that's where we'll end it because Lola's going to get into her rapid fires. Yeah, let's go. Before we talk shame, just, you know, not yeah. it's it's just a typical Friday. Yep. <laughs> for you and I, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited to get these answers and let everybody in on who you are even more so. Mm. So, First question, my love, give me one word that describes you and your essence. Enchanting, of course. That's right. Tell everybody why.
0: <laughs> because Mohini means enchantress. Oh. And I feel like I really needed to grow into that name. Am I allowed to give a backstory on this?
1: Yes, please do.
0: Okay. So Mohini is actually my birth middle name. Yeah. Jennifer is my first name. Yeah. and. There's many stories behind that. The short version is I'm first generation Indian. So my family, that was my family's way of trying to acclimate me into the American culture and allow me to not be made fun of and have a quote unquote regular name. But Mohini is my middle name. So several years ago, as part of my death and rebirth, and I was going through a lot of transitions at that point in my life. I was figuring out who the fuck I was and who I wanted to be. And so Jen felt like a very old version of me. And I was kind of contemplating, like, what's the name? I don't know. I've never done this before. I've never changed my name before. And what name fits me and who I want to become? And yeah, I mean, it's hidden in plain sight. Mohini means enchantress. And I feel like I've been enchanting my own life. I've been speaking my life into existence as well. So.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. We have not talked about that. (laughs) So that, I mean, you are Mohini. Like I don't, I mean, I love Jennifer as well. However, you are Mohini, like inside and out. And it just goes to show that that was in a way your soul's experience of what it feels like to have to step fully into who you are. Like you had to make that choice, which of course people are gonna have something to say about that. And I'm just so... It's like next level, babe. Next level embodiment, and <laughs> damn, I'm so moved by that. Thank you for sharing that with all of us. Yeah, here's to Mohini. <laughs> I mean, it's a baller name to be like. Oh, my name means enchantress. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, That's
0: it's funny. pretty rad. I love it. I definitely had to grow into that. I couldn't be a five year olds.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: enchanting the world, but I feel that very resonant with me now in this phase of my life.
1: Mm, So beautiful. Thank you. Okay. Next rapid fire. What is your mantra for life or one of them?
0: Mm, I feel like the biggest one would be, I speak life into my life and I speak life into others' life. I have a post-it over there that says I speak life and words of affirmation is a big love language of mine.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I
0: love them all because who doesn't want to be loved in different ways? <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think it also connects with my history of being a speech pathologist and communication and language. So I'm very exactly using that throat chakra. You've seen my tattoo. You know the story. I am very big on conscious communication and using our throat chakra and allowing that to be from the space of the womb the womb sacral, root chakras, and speaking life into what, what it is that we want to live.
1: Yes, babe. And I have to say, you are very purposeful with every word you speak. It's something I noticed about you right away. You have this concise but potent way of choosing your words. It's like every word you choose is with intention. So I celebrate you for that. Thank you. Okay, next rapid fire. What ritual makes you feel gorgeous?
0: Ooh, doing my hair.
1: Yes,
2: yes. Doing my hair for sure. It is uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's definitely one. And it doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> I'm I need like, oh, yeah, so energy
1: the for this. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> I love it. Okay, next rapid fire. What is an action you took recently that came from a place of abundance?
0: Mm. Oh, I went to Kauai and I was there for 12 days and that was amazing because I was there with my friend Imani for, I don't know how many days, several days together. And then she left and I stayed on my own for five-ish days, I think. And that felt like an expansive expression of me allowing myself space to travel, which is what you've been doing, and solitude. I
1: love it. Connection to myself. Hmm, sure. an incredible trip, and that's on Lolo's list. I keep if I get one more sign from God with Kauai on it, <laughs> like I I'm being called there. Not just because yeah. everybody goes there, but because there's something there for me. So more to come, but I'll make sure to get all the tips from you. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> what nourishment brings you the most joy?
0: Ooh, that's a great question. So many come to mind. Okay. So you can see my plants here. Yeah. I love having plants around, Yeah, whether they be fresh flowers or my potted plants, they really nourish my soul. Cause I, I feel like they really, I've learned a lot from having my plants yeah. around about love, about loving too much, about loving too little, giving each one exactly what they need, not what I think that they need, but <laughs> allowing them to wow. express to me, I need more sun. I need less water, all of that. So being around my plant paradise is what I call it, because I have so many plants.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: they definitely bring me joy and we get to have a beautiful relationship where we nourish each other.
1: That's right, babe. Oh, no one's ever actually said plants. And I'm surprised, like, that is such a good point. And I do feel that plants bring us, anchor us directly into Mother Earth, which anchors us directly into our divine feminine. I mean, I just made that connection. I mean, it's so beautiful. I mean, even this, the way you look in the video with surrounded by your plants, you just Mm. are like you're going to be in your feminine. You can't even be in your masculine when you're surrounded by the beauty of nature and plants. So, ooh, I gotta get more plants.
0: <laughs> yes, I agree. I, I do think that there's a lot, there's definitely a lot we can learn from plants and it has helped me, supported me in dropping more into my, my feminine energy and my natural already very much. I'm very naturally nurturing person that is, Definitely my true essence. And taking care, being present with them has allowed me to drop them even deeper into me again, into more nurturing of these plants.
1: Beautiful, babe. Last question, which is the most important question to the m- mission of House of Low, which is for you, what does it mean to come home to you? Mm.
0: It means to have the awareness of what it means to not be me. Wow. Which then I get to explore. Okay. If that's not me, then who am I?
2: We should just it right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it's a, I get to create who I am. And I also get to remember who I am, but I have to go through the layers of releasing the illusions of who I'm not, I think, to then go into the state of, okay, well, if I'm not those illusions, then who
1: am I? Yeah. That is the perfect segue into our conversation today. So I want to preface this conversation with the notion that this conversation is threaded with more empathy than Mohini and I could ever communicate because We've been through the ringer in our own journey, and we've helped a lot of people move through shame. I first want to say what I believe is happening on planet Earth these days is the Earth has been massively out of balance, mainly operating from the wounded masculine, egoic consciousness. That's why when people hear divine feminine rising, the feminine rising, that is for everyone, not just women. We love to pit everybody against each other like you're in that team we're on this team it's like hold up homies like men are also being asked to awaken to their feminine energy feminine energy is wild it's emotions it's creative it's being right but i do feel that as i've analyzed and studied and gone through my own intense journey of what the wounds are of our society, of our culture, what the wound of humanity is really. I think it falls in buckets that are like unworthiness, abandonment, guilt, and shame. I feel like guilt and shame are like these byproducts of usually unworthiness and somewhere abandonment. And it could be a mix of the two. A lot of people When you do this inner healing work, I feel like we're guided to realize what our core wound is. Although I think all of us have many wounds. My wound in this life that I've spoken openly about is is unworthiness. Like I have this vast capacity to love. Sometimes it overwhelms me. The way I can love is so big. But I have had to learn how to, it's easy for me to give that to other people, but to pour that into me, has been the biggest mountain, ongoing challenge. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately I feel I'm always felt, I end up feeling like guilty or shame or am I selfish or this and that. And I feel like our culture just rewards giving to others so much more than giving to oneself. So when we talk about the wound of shame, I would love to hear like your take on all of that and where you think how shame is born within us. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Shame is born with... That came out of
1: nowhere. I don't know where that came from. Okay.
0: Cool. Okay. Let me feel into this one. Okay. Shame for me is born out of other people's expectations of us. And when that expectation isn't met, then it's as if we did something wrong and that can show up. Well, I'll speak to me. Like personally, that has shown up when I grew up and I grew up in a christian household yep. which is also very confusing sometimes for people like, Wait, yes. You're <laughs> oh, yes i'm indian yes i grew up in a christian household and so we went to church every sunday very common, very common. <laughs> yeah and that was very much if you don't do it god's way you aren't doing it right yeah and then that also showed up in if i'm not doing it in my mom's way, I'm also not doing it right. So I subconsciously learned if I'm not fulfilling other people's needs and abandoning myself in order to fulfill those needs, those expectations from other people or any being outside of myself, then that's where the shame starts to build up for me. So it was for me, religious expectations, cultural expectations, societal expectations of me I definitely grew up as a needing to be the good girl that's what I was taught and modeled and quiet and you know follow the rules and don't question anything and just do as I say and that's it (laughs) like that's it (laughs) there was no room for me really to find myself and to express myself so when I did have those attempts and when I did try to question things, because I am a very curious person, I'm incredibly curious. I want to know why things are the way they are. Why do we do things like that? And why can't we do it like this? And why is, why is this person behaving like that? And, you know, just in general, I'm very curious. And I feel like that is also a very, that's very much a quality of our inner child, our younger self. Well, why do we need to do it that way? Why can't we do it some other way? And when that version of us is shut down, then that's our voice starts to be also shut down. So the shame kind of just gets placed on top and on top and on top of any curiosity, any openness, any willingness to do something outside of what is.
1: Hmm. So well said. Thank you. You know, The word sovereign kept popping in my head when you were talking and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm being guided to go there next. So, well, i actually, before we go into the sovereign piece, I feel called to ask you, do you feel that a lot of us are very aware of our shame and we're just numbing out and moving through life anyway, or do you find in the work you do, a lot of people haven't even discovered that shame has been the undercurrent that's been running their lives and the moves they make and the way they just are in life.
0: I feel like it depends on the person. I think when we've had 20, 30, 40 years of numbing out of avoiding of maybe having inner knowing and intuitive hit of maybe there is some layers of shame here and not knowing how to unravel that. Yeah. Then it often feels easier to yeah. not look within and to not explore that because one, that takes responsibility and self-accountability yeah. of, oh, wait, again, who am I if I'm not shame? Who am yeah. I if I'm not my past experiences? Who am I if I'm not that victim story? And so it definitely takes a level of awareness to question that, but it also takes a whole nother level of courage to say oh shit that did happen and I don't want that to be my full identity now what (laughs) (laughs) now what do I do and I mean again we had there's so many layers of shame that comes in that the religious aspect the cultural aspect the familial layers society capitalism patriarchy like there's just so many layers that I feel we don't even know necessarily how deeply rooted and how yeah, how deeply rooted these beliefs can really become a reality unless we're really open to start questioning and have awareness of well, actually, is that really my truth? Is that really my truth? Just because it's my family's, just because that's something that I was brought up believing, does that actually mean that I Currently, in this phase of my life, believe that to be true. Huh. It takes some questioning and reflection.
1: Yeah. I think sovereignty is challenging for people because sovereignty is something we have to relearn. Because when we're born in these bodies, we technically do need to be taken care of by someone else. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of guilt that gets woven into shame when we have to analyze our childhood and then. We don't necessarily want to blame our parents. And I feel like deep enlightenment comes when you aren't blaming anyone. That's when enlightenment happens, right? But we know that's a process. And sometimes part of the healing is to really have to process emotions, you know, towards one's parents or caretakers or teachers or friends from those early years that created situations or played roles in situations that embedded deep in our subconscious, these beliefs around what we need to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And shame, as we know, like Brene Brown has done, I mean, profound research on it that's making people believe it's a real thing because it's it just powers everything people do. Yes. You know, I, I can remember being in meetings when I was in corporate and watching people like physically shake when they were talking because they were worried. And of course, I could feel into this because I'm an empath. They were worried about what this one was going to think? Were they saying it the right way? Were they saying it in a way that was going to please the 20 people in the conference room as if you could please every single person with exactly how you say it? And that's a small example. And then you bring it to shame is powering like every experience you have in an intimate relationship with someone who is trying to love you Mm -hmm. and you're pushing them away like I did so many times. Mm -hmm. And then you bring it to Being a creative being like you and I are, and we're here for these big missions, and we have these businesses. And you know, the divine is asking us to go to our edge and create containers that don't exist to have events where people speak into existence, what they're calling in abundance wise. And if shame continues to be that sort of secret boulder that is living within us, weighing us down, Mm -hmm. none of that happens, none of that gets created. We will keep pushing people away that really do want to your point at the top of the conversation to see us deeply for all that we are and we'll never feel fulfilled. We'll never feel like we're even being who we are. We'll always feel like we're a shadow of who we are, a silhouette, but never the fullness. And I love how you use this word in your work a lot about like fulfillment and like being the fullest expression. I would just love to hear your perspective on on all of that
0: hmm I'm going to touch base about the sovereignty piece. I want to tie in the connection to the body.
1: Yes, please do.
0: So I didn't know in my 20s and even early in my 30s that there was space for me to be my own person. Yeah. I grew up hearing that I was my mom's shadow. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So I don't know if anyone can relate to some version of that out there who's listening to this, but I, yeah, I was very much taught to not have discernment around my individuality. Yeah. And so my sovereignty didn't kick in until much later because I didn't realize that I actually had say in this vessel of mine. Yes. I followed along with what I thought I was supposed to do. Yeah. And expectations again. And so again that's where the shame started kicking in where I think I'm supposed to do this thing so I'm going to do it anyway even if it means abandoning myself. But I didn't know it was abandoning myself at that time. I just thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Because that's my, I'm a good girl pattern kicking in, in real time as a grown-ass adult.
2: Wow.
0: Well, guess what? So, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what happens is our younger self is showing themselves over and over and over again to allow space like, hey, are you going to love me? And if you don't, I'm going to desperately try to have my needs met by someone else. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to just keep trying. Yeah. So the shame, the shame and the sovereignty aspect, I was really disconnected from my body, like my physical body. I had dissociated, meaning it was almost as if I could warp out of my body and into the corner of a room. Yeah. And see myself and observe myself, but I wasn't actually here.
1: Yep. So I know all about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it sucked.
1: Yeah. It's horrible.
0: (laughs) But it also, I didn't know any different. I didn't know that's what was happening at the time. Like you said, you know, that, that was just my normal for a long time. I was so disconnected from my body for just this long time because of trauma, because of past experiences that as protection my body was like, zoop, this is scary. That's right. I'm going to piece out and go over there.
1: It's a feeling of like feeling trapped in your own body. That's how yeah. I felt. It's an ongoing challenge for me. I, I'm very open about it. Yeah.
0: And I feel like where I'm at now, this has been a big part of my embodiment journey is even redefining what pleasure means. Yep. To me, me sitting outside with the sun on my skin and feeling the breeze, that's pleasurable. That's sensual to me. Yeah. Sensual means connected to one's senses, which means you're connected to your body. Yeah. So I can smell the incense that's burning right now. I can hear the wind chimes that are right outside my door. That's me living a pleasurable life because I'm I'm actually here. I'm connected to this body. Physically, I'm connected to the spiritual, my spiritual body, my emotional body, all of which I was very much disconnected from a long time ago.
2: Yeah.
0: So to be connected for me, the feminine, my feminine energy has been the journey of me connecting to my senses, mm-hmm. connecting to my creativity, connecting to my pleasure. I can smell this slowly right here and yeah. it smells divine. But I, before I would have been too busy, go, go, going First of all, I probably wouldn't even bought myself some flowers. Second of all, I was just too busy going and doing shit that there was no time. I didn't create the time. It wasn't important to me. It wasn't a priority to slow the fuck down and to feel the sun in my skin, to hear the wind chimes, to smell the lilies. So shame and sovereignty, I feel like there's just an embodiment connecting to self. There's so many Interwovenness,
2: yeah,
0: of all of that, and even the—that's living a tantric lifestyle. <laughs> right,
2: that's
0: is right. it's not about sex. That's one aspect of it, but it's yeah. being having the awareness and the presence that you can feel your breath moving throughout your body. Yeah, because you're slowing down. Right, and as women, I feel we're just so go 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 again society teaches us that and encourages that but the real power I feel that we get to really connect with our gentle power I have another post that says remember your gentle power
1: <laughs> that.
0: is our ability to slow down and to feel
1: soft girl season right I've been yeah. loving this yeah. softness you know it's funny I've been exploring polarity and I know you study this too and when i read a book that talked about like the masculine essence so like there's there's the masculine sexual essence and the feminine sexual essence and when i was reading the descriptions i i could physically feel my body released so much tension when i was like reading the feminine essence and i realized that's exactly who i am people perceive me in a certain way. They perceive me as powerful. Everyone says I'm powerful. And honestly, I cringe sometimes because I, I know what that means. And I know there's a feminine, gentle power and there's this masculine power. I can be both because in many lives I was a warrior in Mm. different cultures. I just was. And to be honest, I learned how to be a warrior in many lives which is why this lifetime, my last name means warrior, because that's going to come to mean something very different in this life. It is about that gentle power. But there is something to be said for, like, the way people perceive us, and then we step into that. And that's kind of been my life. Is like, I'm bigger, I'm taller, my voice is low, aka Lauren is powerful, Mm -hmm. right? But has anyone ever said to me, Lauren is feminine. Lauren is soft. Mm. Lauren is gentle. Mainly in my intimate relationships and, and one-on-one but private conversations, but clearly it's not how I'm perceived publicly until people get to know me. And that's something that along my journey, I realized I had this protective shell where I was amplifying more of my masculine and my softness would only come out when I felt safe with people, which I generally didn't. Right. And it's an ongoing challenge for me, you know? So it's interesting how that's very subtle, but it's it was powering my whole life. Like I would ask everyone listening to think about how you live based on what people have told you you come off as, their perception of you. So it's almost like when I would hear reinforced again and again that I'm powerful, my deep sensitive Pisces moon and North Node would cry inside going, you have no idea how much more I am than that. Like you have no idea the softness that I am, the gentleness that I am, the compassion I have. And then I would just hide inside of that and have to go deal with those feelings myself because i would never create the space where someone could come in and see that part mm-hmm. of me and that's where i have lived what it's like to come from a place of shame day in and day out and it's it is extremely nuanced and i want to talk more about the physical body piece so body shame every single woman and i would argue every man every human being every woman, yeah. is at war with their physical vessel in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Too big, too small, too loud, too soft, too hard, too, you know, weird, too this, too that, who knows, right? Because even people that sit in a body that our culture puts on a pedestal struggle, because I have friends that look the way our culture celebrates and they have deep struggles. So it doesn't matter, it really doesn't. And that's sort of, I think, the place we're all getting to now where we're realizing that everyone, it's almost this equal playing field in a way when you start to talk about it, right? Even though people with different lived experiences have are treated differently in our culture. However, I feel like when I look back on the risks I took and the risks I didn't, it does come back to the physical body shame I had above all, above all Mohini, not the fear of what people were going to think. It's about like, what is that going to look like if I take that risk or say that thing or speak that truth in this physical body, the way it is with all the shame that I have around it. This is what holds people back from living their fullest expression and living their fullest life. I just feel the physical body stuff is the most debilitating to people. And I would love to hear... Your thoughts on all that.
2: Mm.
1: why you think it's so, yeah. like why you think it's so potent, the physical body, like the relationship we have with our physical body seems to be, at least from conversations I've had in my own lived experience, the most potent arena for shame
2: mm.
0: okay. So for me, <laughs> growing up, I grew up in a small town in northern New Jersey, close to New York City. I was one of the few brown kids on the block. Yeah. I yes. grew up in a predominantly Italian Irish town. Yes. And when I went to college, I was then met with a bunch of people who looked like me. Yeah. And I had no idea what the fuck to do with that. Because at that point, it's like, I don't even know how to relate to you because I've already just so disconnected from myself. Yeah. And my culture, also, like I mentioned earlier, I w- I'm first generation. So I was early on navigating: Am I too American? Am I too Indian? How do oh. I navigate being both? Yeah, all of that. So this physical body of mine has taught me early on that I wasn't really safe to express and to be belong, even in spaces. Fast forward 30 years, and we've talked about this a lot. (laughs) Is I find myself in similar situations where I am one of the few or the only, sometimes, woman of color, person of color, especially in wellness, spiritual spaces. And even I'll even back up and say, even at grad school, I was grad school and work at working in education. Yeah. I was often one of the few.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: So it's just, it's been a pattern for me of maybe if I went into medicine, I might, that was probably would would have been a different story, but that's not my path. That wasn't my path. So my path consistently has been, you're one of the few with that though. I very much shut myself out and like Plopped myself in the back of the room, didn't want to be seen, turned my voice off. And I was like, I have nothing important to say because no one here can relate to me anyway. So what's the point?
2: Wow. Yes.
0: And I'm sure that there's been times when maybe I did express myself and that wasn't met with acceptance or I didn't feel heard. Yeah. So... Now I'm in a space of, okay, this is clearly a pattern here. (laughs) What am I going to do with this? (laughs) And how can I be a bridge between the communities to which I desire to be with and that I am now and the, Mm -hmm. the places that I have had a lot of traumatic experiences, to be completely honest, because I didn't feel safe enough to fully express myself to fully be seen i didn't i didn't feel like a sense of belonging in those spaces so now present day where i am in spaces and i feel safe in my body i feel safe to express myself i feel a beautiful mirror of wow i can i can tell you about my life and you can resonate to some degree yes and that's why I feel so called to do this work is because I know <laughs> many times firsthand what it's like to not have that sense of belonging, not feeling like I belong in spaces. And I, I'm not shitting that I've many times gone into spaces and I, it's like, I do a head count as soon as I walk into
2: the room. Right. Yeah. Yes.
0: Oh, great. Here we are again.
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: Hmm. Okay. I don't know if anyone else does that, (laughs) but that's definitely something that I do. And I think it's a protective mechanism that kicks in. Of course. Uh,
1: course. Okay,
0: so how safe can I be in this space?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: How much can I really show myself?
1: Yeah. And I would love to hear what comes up for you when you think about being in a space where there's people that look like you and people that don't, and how you've noticed in the work, the work that you've done thus far how you find yourself settling into those spaces more because you're not. So, you know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm. I feel more acceptance because I feel more at home for myself in my body. And so that has, that allows me to feel more comfortable. Like I was saying earlier about no matter who's in the room, I feel more confident and comfortable now than I was before because before it was more like a gauge i was gauging to see who's in the room how do i want to it's like code switching essentially
1: yeah the yeah. version that was safe enough to be yep
0: exactly yeah and now it's still an ongoing journey i still do a check and account of <laughs> who's in the room and how safe can i feel here and it's more of an internal check as well you know it's definitely like an, it's an external head count but it's also an internal okay, how safe do I feel in this space?
1: Mm-hmm. That's, right.
0: that's, that's that's a me journey.
1: That's right. Yeah. I know. And I feel like that's where I want to go next. Cause I know so many people have, or I should say are exploring this work and are doing a lot of it. But a lot of us that have been doing this work for years are trying to step fully into what it's like to be like there's always new layers to it, Mohini. But I also feel like in our space, sometimes the toxic spirituality, <laughs> toxic personal development, where it's like we're always healing. It's like, is it ever just living now? Like are we, all, you know? And it, it is a choice to let these wounds drive what we do every day. And and then there's a, there's this free will choice of, oh, I'm d- I'm done with that now. Like choosing, I'm done. You know. And that's the space I'm in now in this in this rebirth phase and i find myself wanting to really embody and step into any room i go into step into my daily life mm-hmm. with this essence of i am past all that shame i am fully embodied today in whatever way i'm i'm able to show up in that and every day there's a new level right because we go through different experiences we meet new people that's life. It it moves us forward. But Mm -hmm. I know there's people that talk about how they wake up one day and it's like, all this stuff just kind of is gone. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that's what happens after you've done so much of this work. Mm -hmm. And there's like almost this overnight miracle healing where like, we finally have learned the lessons, because if we bring this full circle back to the fact that we are all souls having a human experience, Mm -hmm. the soul, there are lessons that are not if they continue on, we'll never feel free. Like the lessons have to complete. That's part of life. And then there's new lessons to learn, right? So what is your perspective, especially with the people you've you've worked with, the women you've worked with that that you witness their healing and in your own life, what is it like to wake up and not live from this place of shame anymore? What does it look like to start embodying who okay. you really are, who we really are in our day-to-day? Mm-hmm. lives like walk people through what you've discovered is possible from that place
0: okay I'm going to give also share for me what it was like not being in this space now so you can kind of see the before and after if you will
2: yes yes well so
0: the before like I mentioned earlier was very disconnected from my physical body, disconnected from myself. I didn't know who I was at all. I was very much checking off all the boxes of doing all the things that I was supposed to do to be quote unquote, happy. Yes. And still felt empty inside. (laughs) And then waking up and feeling that feeling of there's gotta be more. I can't keep doing this. This is pure survival mode i'm just getting up brushing my teeth i'm just on autopilot pure survival mode day in day out same shit different day different clothes
2: <laughs> yes
0: there's the same thing and i got to a point where maybe similar to what you were just describing i got to this point where i'm here for more yeah i don't know what the fuck that even means or what that looks like But I just have this inner knowing and this feeling of bigger, more, juicier. I don't even know what that means. (laughs)
1: Your signature word.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But very honestly, I was also incredibly dried up and stagnant. Yes. So to envision what does juicy even mean? It's like, I don't even know what that means. Mm -hmm. I'm so dried up and my well is so... Yuck! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I wasn't filling up my own cup. I was constantly giving and 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 giving, and giving to everyone else. Yep. Yeah. And, and abandoning myself over and over again. Yeah. So that's the before, and the current phase of self is, I would say, I feel the most me I have felt my entire life. Yeah. I know myself now. More than ever before, and I'm excited to see what how that's going to continue to unravel,
2: yeah,
0: because I've gone through all of the busting through the illusions of who I thought I was supposed to be. But again, I had to know who I wasn't to get to this point of, okay, well, who am I actually? Mm-hmm. So I wake up now with this juiced up version of me. <laughs> like I'm excited for what's present. I'm excited for what I'm creating. I'm just feel like my energy most days. I'm not going to say it, every day is like this because I'm definitely not one to bypass the real raw shit of sometimes I'm in my fucking shit and I don't want to do anything. Yeah. I'm crying for five hours. Yes. I'm punching pillows. Why the fuck did I sign up for this yes. <laughs> and yes. angry about whatever? Cause there's a lot of things to be upset about, to be honest. And I'm connected to my emotions. That's right. Where before I was very numbed out. I had so much shame if I cried because some, honestly, sometimes I cried and I I don't even know why I'm crying. My body's expressing like the physical is showing up, but I emotionally don't know what is happening here.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So yeah, I feel very connected to my emotions now. I don't let them take over, but I definitely create space for them to be expressed. Yeah. And I think that's a very, very, very important is creating the space for whatever your body wants to express. However, your body wants to express to find ways and healthy ways <laughs> backtrack that healthy ways, please find healthy ways to express. So yeah. I'd love to share maybe a few options. With, Please do. People.
1: Yes, babe. Yes.
0: You would ask the question about, do people sometimes know that they're feeling shame and sometimes you don't always need to know why you feel the way you do, because yes. it might be yours. It might not be your stuff that you're carrying. It might be familial. It might be generational and it very well is. <laughs> and creating the space to release that is what allows you to become more of who you are because you are finding ways to express it. I say you can either be emotionally constipated, where you just like, yeah, put it all in. Yep. And your body feels tense, or you have emotional diarrhea and you just let all that shit out. And sometimes it hurts you and sometimes it hurts other people. Yep. So to have healthy expression would be. To access that sacred rage and go in your car and go scream, scream into a pillow, punch some pillows, create space for that energy that is physically inside you to get out. But like, don't throw a shoe across the room at your partner. That's not (laughs) healthy expression. That's right. (laughs) Go to a rage room. Those are pretty awesome. Yes. Just find ways to move the energy, cry, actually cry, maybe journal, get into some some nature take an epsom salt bath paint hmm. make some art make some music make love there's so many different ways to yeah. release the energy that is either stuck stagnant dried up and create some some flow there
1: it's so beautiful how you said move the energy i feel like the discovery we're all making is all of life is a delicate dance of energy that's hmm. it We're energy, we're interacting with other energies, whether it's physical human beings or plants or this chair I'm sitting in. Like when you come from this place of everything is energy, you realize that your emotions are energy, that like you said, the source could be you, someone else, ancestors. I mean, when you're an empath like me, Steve and I, we bonded over this and I know it's the same for you. You could be feeling someone else's that's not yours. And so there needs to be this practice of regular releasing And it's almost like, it's really just learning to do regular energy work on yourself. Sometimes it's sitting in the energy because it's creative. And then there's something that can get birthed from that. Sometimes it's releasing the energy. Sometimes it's just feeling it and letting it drop out. I've worked with so many energy healers. Thank God for them. I would not be anywhere without them. And they taught me that I, I hold energy and I need to drop it out. Like I'll feel someone's pain or my own, and then I'll hold on to it and like worry about it and think about it and try to fix it. And they're like, you need to just let energy flow through you and then let it drop out. You don't have to hold it. And I feel like you're right with this releasing. It's because a lot of us are holding on to these feelings we have. I'll be very transparent. Today, I woke up in a very disturbed mood because I had a very disturbing dream that was very, very disturbing. And It just felt like the dream itself was a lot of illusions. It felt like an alternate reality. And it was this illusion that just triggered the fuck out of me today. Mm -hmm. And then I moved through today in a way that before I would have had all that shame. Instead, I just felt it all. I was pissed. I was tired. I was crying. I was sick of these illusions that I have to move through in my life. It's part of the gifts, the empath gift I have, the psychic gifts I have. And to be honest, we're in Scorpio season and it is this dark, there's a lot of darkness that's trying to come up to the surface, but that's an all year, all, all the time thing. We live in duality on earth. Unfortunately, it's dark and light here. And I feel like a lot of people, I always say to people like, we don't suppress the good emotions, Mohini quote unquote, like the bliss, ecstasy, you know, rapture, joy, pleasure. But when irritability anger, rage, sadness, depression comes up. We're like, get me out of here. Right. And that's societal, but you're right. Full embodiment is feeling all of it.
0: All of it, the full range. And I am, like I said earlier, I encourage, and that's one of my magical gifts is creating space and guiding people through the full range. Yes. And even I even say like, where are you even capping your joy? Because we even have possibly learned early on that our full celebration is quote unquote, too much. Just like we're crying, we're too sensitive. And so (laughs) we constantly just cap our expression and our emotions. Emotions are energy in motion. So whether or not you are, finding ways consciously to express them, yes. they're going to find a way out. And what we don't express, we suppress. So let your, your eyes, <laughs> what we don't express, we suppress. So how do we find ways to like really get that healthy expression? And, and it's not about all love and light because life is not fucking rainbows and unicorns and butterflies all the time. I don't know if anyone else out there realized that, but (laughs) that's not it. And like, we really get to go into the depths of ourselves and it can be messy and it can be beautiful and it can be vulnerable and scary to really connect with those versions of ourselves because maybe we don't actually know what's going to come up when we create the space for that. And
1: Mm, yes,
0: allowing that to actually be Available to us.
1: Perfect place to end, my love. Well, I just have to say thank you for the work you do on this planet to make it better. Thank Thank you for the way you choose to live by example in your daily life. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the way that you treat people in your life. I'm very grateful for our friendship and I know you very deeply. And I just really honor and respect you in all of your glory. And I pray that more abundance, more. Everlasting love flows into your life because you certainly are ready to receive it, you know, Mm -hmm. which is so beautiful. And thank you for sharing so much today. This is definitely going to be one of my favorite conversations because I feel so raw and vulnerable myself (laughs) today. (laughs) And I'm like, yep, perfect time for this conversation. (laughs) So this is real life. This is real life, you know, and I'm just so grateful. So please tell everyone how they can connect with you, how they can work with you, if you have any containers coming up. Mm -hmm.
0: I do. Lo, thank you for creating space always for people to use their voice and to be, for you being a channel that you are. And being so full of love, you're just so loving and accepting of people. And I feel like that's definitely one of your gifts is really allowing yourself to be a mirror for others
1: mm, thank you so much that means the world to me yeah of course
0: so current offers the so <laughs> current offers I have I am currently enrolling for my group program which is called embody your truth yeah so a lot of what we talked about today is that <laughs> it's a really beautiful combination of education So I'm teaching you some things and it's like the heady things. And then it's a lot of, that's like the more masculine, logical side of things. And then there's the more heart-centered embodiment practices that you can implement to really create some shifts in your life with new awareness and aligned action. And then there's the live community aspect because we are meant to be in healthy relationships. We are meant to be interdependent. We're not meant to be doing life alone. That's right. So community has been a big part of my journey. And I tried to do life alone. And I did do life alone for a long time in many ways. And when I connected with Soul Tribe, that's when things really started to really shift because I have beautiful people like yourself, Lo, who get to mirror me and who get to remind me of who the fuck I am. So I spent a lot of my life believing those illusions and now I'm in a space of cool, I don't want to believe those anymore. And I'm
2: reminded
0: of the expansiveness of me instead of the me shutting down and hiding. So yeah, it's really important for me to have that community aspect. And I really am excited and proud to have spaces for people to come together and really feel like they can be seen and heard and express themselves. So that's embody your truth. And then, oh, I also have a freebie called Voice of Your Womb. Mm. And that is a really powerful experiential masterclass. Again, there's some heady information. And then I move you through a whole movement practice where you're using your breath, sound, and your movement, your body to express and to alchemize the wounds into your wisdom. Don't need to have a womb to practice this. It really is connecting to your womb space and your sacral and your root chakras, and connecting that to your throat chakra. because yep. that energy can either have a flow or be so stagnant, like we talked about, and not have that flow. So right, check this out if you want to connect to your sensuality, your your power, your creativity, and that's definitely a, a good place to start.
1: Hmm. Oh, the work you're doing is profound. Thank you, my love. You are so divinely feminine and you're inspiring us all to step deeper into our feminine. And I just hope you know how much you're helping women feel safer to be in their feminine. So thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Mohini, for being here today and for having this conversation with me. I love you dearly.
0: I love you too. And I'd love to just leave people with one little thing.
2: Please
1: do.
0: Connect to your breath and really feel into who is it that you want to be in this moment. Remove those illusions, remove those layers. Who are you truly at your core essence? And remember who the fuck you are because it's you always. You're there the whole time. You've been there the whole time. Your future self, your younger self, they're all there present with you and waiting for you to connect with you. (laughs) <laughs> present to yourself so allow yourself to be held and be seen by you by others and yes it can be scary yes it can be exciting and you're worthy of all of your juiciest desires and more
1: wow everybody sit with that <laughs> 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 i love you my girl thank love you for being here too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, Low.